Hey, Dana. Hey, Bucky. I have to ask you a question. As a working mom in today's world, especially with everything that's going on, how do you ha- how do you take time to relax? Well, I just take baths or go on long walks or just uh, look at my phone for a couple hours. Do those things work for you? No. They don't. Well, I'm glad that you say that because I actually have something that might help. Oh, okay. What's that? CBD. CBD what? Yes, CBD. Have you heard of it? I have, but I have not dabbled. Well, that's great because this episode is actually sponsored by Two Tours CBD. They make everything from oils to tinctures to sugar. Do you like cooking? I am a woman. Well, you can use some of their CBD sugar in your recipes that will help you relax and take away stress. Um, It'll help you sleep better at night. It'll help you get over the fact that the world we are living in is not necessarily the one we want right now. All right. Well, I will uh, start baking. So what you want to do is you want to go to twotourscbd.com forward slash Raising Nashville to get your special offer on CBD today. Two Tours CBD. We came home together. We grow together. Dana, when's dinner going to be ready? Raising Nashville. Raising Nashville. Raising Nashville. Raising Nashville. Welcome to Raising Nashville. I'm Bucky. Juice Box. Dana. Well, before before I was going to introduce our special guest this week, I was waiting for Juice Box's uh, classic beer open. Yeah, I mean, it felt weird not doing it, but uh, I think the reason I didn't do it has something to do with this episode. Absolutely. And it's not about sobriety. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, I don't know if we can be friends if that if that path is crossed. Whoa. Yeah, it's weird. But for all of you out there, this week we get to do something that is extremely close to our hearts as parents and spirits lovers. Uh, and that is sample beer. Mm. Yeah. So we had to bring in a special guest this week to help us with these heavy hitters and Nashville local favorites. Uh, Juicebox's wife, friend of the show. She's been on multiple times. In fact, I, she actually took over our podcast once. Yes, I did. I did a pretty damn good job, too. It got a lot of downloads. How many? A lot more than typically we get. <laughs> more than just our parents. <laughs> Uh, while we have done episodes sampling Jack Daniels and even Hot Chicken, uh, there was a lot of lip smacking in that one. Uh, this week, we are going to do something that really takes place on a nightly basis in all of our households. Uh, mm. No, at least mine. Okay. I wouldn't say nightly here, but go ahead. Okay, on a nightly basis in my household, I like to consume beer. And you try to get outside of the typical beers that people drink in their homes. Uh, you know, we're talking about big beer, Bud Light, Budweiser, Coors Light, Miller Light. And Man. for me, Founders is kind of a thing. I know you love Founders, but you have to drink like 40 to catch a buzz. So it defeats the <laughs> you purpose. Do. Yeah. Coming in at like 4.6 uh, alcohol per volume, uh, those beers, you can drink them literally all day. 
I think it's a, it says so in the name, right? All day IPA. I should have read into that, right? <laughs> I just yeah. I'm, I'm like says it on the label. This week we're going to highlight our favorite five breweries in Nashville. Uh, we're going to give you the background on each and even rank their beers towards the end of the show. But first, I am going to let Juicebox do something that he skipped during his introduction, which is his classic. So let's, without further ado, let's just kick this off. Uh, we are going to review five local breweries here in Nashville. We're going to start with uh, Tailgate, which actually didn't start in Nashville. Hold on a sec. What are we going to call this episode? Oh, I did not even put a thought into that. I was too excited about drinking beer. I think I've got an idea. Okay. Hey, excuse me. What IPA do you have on tap? For our listenership out there, tell them what that is from. It's from Atlanta. You guys out there that have seen it probably know what it is. I think we're going to use that soundbite a few times in today's episode because I am in love. Uh, I'm smiling from ear to ear. Anyway, today we're going to highlight uh, five breweries in Nashville. Tailgate Brewery. Uh, We're going to go down off Lafayette Street to Tennessee Brew Works. We are going to sample our favorite Germantown uh, local beer, Bearded Iris. Yep. Uh, And then a East Nashville, now West Nashville, actually all of Nashville favorite, Southern Grist Brewery. And then finally, we're going to wrap up today's episode with the godfather of Nashville beers, the one who's been here seemingly the longest, and that is Yazoo Brewery. What up? What what up? Mad town. So uh, again, without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Uh, Today, we are going to sample IPAs from each one of these uh, breweries. We are going to rank them based on taste uh, we're also going to do a ranking of atmosphere of brewery and then uh, maybe some fun stuff there towards the end. Uh, but before we start, let's get into Tailgate Brewery. Beginning in San Diego and moving to Nashville in 2014, Tailgate Brewery kind of began as a Walmart-sized brewery off Charlotte Pike. I never went to that location. Yeah. My wife and I did one time, and it was massive. Like, you pull up, and it's like, was did this used to be a Kmart? Right. Because um, normally you think of breweries in Nashville, small places, even Yazoo. You know, the biggest one, it was kind of small. Uh, now it has kind of grown into a behemoth out in Madison. But uh, the original Tailgate Brewery was massive off Charlotte Pike. Now they've grown into, like, they're at the top of Demumbrian, where, like, the Dan McGinnis Bar used to be. Oh, yeah. Um, and now they have one in East Nashville on Gallatin Road. I've been to that one, that little tap room a couple times. It's solid. I've been up there to watch a couple games, like, a couple times. But it's a good little spot. Games? I didn't even think about that. Remember yeah. those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember sports. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Tailgate Brewery brews many types of new and uh, seemingly endless chalkboard listing of their own beer. Even, I think at one point back in the day, they had a hot chicken IPA, which was basically uh, beer with, uh, what is it, cayenne pepper just to kind of thrown in. Man, that was a gimmick. That shit was not good. They tried to implement themselves from San Diego to Nashville by creating a beer that is true Nashville. Yeah, they failed. Anyway, uh, like I said, they have expanded to three locations around the city and continue to serve up new and innovative beer as well as their staples like the peanut butter milk stout and Southeast IPA. That is what we are going to be trying today. 
without further ado, again, we are just going to take a sampling of each one of these beers. Uh, we will save the heavy drinking till after this podcast. Uh, that might save our listenership a little bit of a headache listening to us slur through words. And uh, some embarrassment, I'm sure. Have you guys had this one before? Um, I didn't. I honestly... Before we uh, started writing for this podcast, I thought the West Coast IPA that I drink quite a bit, like at bars like Nobles, was tailgate, Uh and it's not. So I'm going to be honest, straight off the bat, I haven't sampled this yet. I have not traditionally been a fan of uh, tailgate brews. I kind of keep going back and forth. I think when they originally opened, I thought some of their stuff was good. They were also sourcing or selling other products when they were in that Walmart-sized brewery off Charlotte Pike. They were mm-hmm. doing a lot of Yazoo out there, uh, especially the sour brands of Yazoo, which I fell in love with. All right. Um, but yeah, Embrace the Funk, they had that on tap? They did have that on tap, which was rare back then. Um, but their peanut butter milk stout gains a lot of traction. Uh, again, this Southeast IPA, I don't know if I've had this, so I'm going to go ahead and give it a sample and see what I think. It's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. It's, um, not super citrusy like some IPAs are. There's a bit of a haze on it. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit thicker than you would think that would come out of a can. That's like every IPA now though. Everybody's going like either completely unfiltered or whatever the unfiltered thing is, you know? So it's like, they're all cloudy. Sure. This is 6.2% APV, um, so it is a little bit higher than the uh, founders that I drink on a daily basis. The can is pretty cool. It's a pickup truck with a guitar in the back. Uh, It says Southeast IPA. It's got the three little stars and the P for the state of Tennessee. So they are on brand, so to speak. Um, But that is, that's a pretty good beer. I'm getting kind of an aftertaste Kind of like it, it lingers with you. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's a little bitter aftertaste. It is, yeah. It doesn't, it's good on the front end, on the back end, it kind of sits there and says, hey, you just drank me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't forget. I, like, as I drink this and try to describe it, I'm realizing that I am not a food critic. I don't have the palate to describe yeah. this. So, sorry, listenership. You're going to sound, you're just going to have to listen to a dummy listening, drinking beer. <laughs> that's fine. Everybody has their own palate, and uh, that's why we have three different types. They say that women have better palates than men on most food and alcohol. Obviously. Okay, well, up next, we've got uh, a brewery that's sitting off Lafayette, just steps from downtown Nashville. Uh, it screams innovation and dedication to representing Nashville, not only in their taste, but in the names of their beers as well. With names like Walk the Lime, Country Roots, and Basil Ryman, uh, you can tell that they are committed to carrying on the tradition of Music City USA. The first brewery in North America to utilize the, I'm going to butcher this, the Mura Micro Mash Filter. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's number 001 on the serial numbers for these filters that were created uh, with the U.S. made Ager Brewing System. Everybody's got to be creative. Uh, to create all of their beers, they foster a brewing process that enhances efficiency and taste, and we are talking about none other than Tennessee Brew Works. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> Me neither. Well, that is brewing for you. Uh, it's a bunch of big fancy words, and when you often think of IPAs, especially nowadays, you even see written on the side of the can, it's uh, made with citra and uh, fairy dust and... <laughs> right. All of these cre- leather, like it's just these weird words Fruity that are pebbles. Yeah. part of yeah part of an IPA or the grains and things that go into the yeah. beer. I think a citra is a type of hop, right? Uh, sure, 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we let's preface this by saying we are not beer experts here. We are just tasting this and letting you know what we think. Yep. Just um, dummies tasting beer. That's it. That should be the name of the episode. But it is. Hey, excuse me. What IPA do you have on tap? I told you that might sneak in a couple of times on this week's episode. Anyway, uh, today we are tasting the IPA from Tennessee Brew Works Hippies and Cowboys. Now this happens to be one of my personal favorites in Nashville. Uh, I do drink this on a somewhat regular basis. Any Anytime I'm at Tennessee Brew Works, I'm going to grab a six-pack to go. Uh, anytime I'm down at the Madison Beverage Warehouse plug, uh, and they have it inside of the coolers, I'm probably going to grab a six-pack of that as well. It just kind of helps out from that Founders IPA. Uh, you know, I don't have to drink 15 of them. Uh, I could probably do five and be fine with these. Yeah, I've had this one or two times, but right off the bat, like it doesn't smell as strong as the um, the Southeast. Southeast IPA. I like this one. It doesn't feel as heavy. It's quite a bit lighter than the Southeast IPA. It is an easy beer to drink. Uh, it, it it does have a, a little bit of a higher I, APV. It's, I think it's on the same as Tailgate Brewery. Let me check the bottle here. Um, but it is kind of a more refreshing summer beer. Uh, it doesn't have that lingering taste on the back end i think it is very refreshing again i uh, am an avid beer drinker uh, not a reviewer but i thoroughly enjoy it it is actually six percent by volume so it's just a 0.4 below the tailgate beer Um, so again still kind of getting into that for a casual beer drinker somewhat uh, higher gravity Uh, again casual beer meaning big beer bud lights founders right, right but it's not getting into that beer lover who is up into the nines and tens right i'm gonna go ahead and say that i don't like this beer mm. i oh, don't see i like it better than the previous oh yeah i don't know i i guess i like it maybe a little bit let no I, I don't like it better all right before we move on to the next brewery let's talk about tennessee brew Works's tap room for a minute um it, it is a very open and inviting atmosphere you have the kind of tiered level outside uh, patio seating. Once you go inside, it, it's kind of a small uh, bottom floor. Once you get to the top, it, it opens up. They have a nice deck that overlooks kind of the not so great part of town, <laughs> but, but at least you're outside. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> until it, it grows. Until it grows into something amazing. Um, they do have bluegrass music on Wednesday nights, and they usually have live music pre-COVID uh, four or five nights a week. Uh, they do have massive glass where you can see into the brewery, and their uh, crazy Mira micro mash filter is mm. on display for everybody mm-hmm. to see. I did yoga okay. in front of that filter one time. Did uh-huh. you? Yeah, we had. They. I don't know if they do it regularly, but Steadfast and True used to have yoga classes there, and you got a beer after. So nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Wasn't Tennessee Brew Works the one that was um, after the tornado? They were taking on like any workers there, like if anybody had lost their job. They were one of them, yes. Yeah. So they do a lot for the community. Uh, You can see their beers a lot of. Again, we're gonna we're gonna say pre-COVID, but pre-COVID events around town in Nashville, outdoor events, art events, things like that, usually see some Tennessee Brew Works logos there, Mm -hmm. uh, and they usually put some of their beer on tap for sale. in trucks i don't know they own, they own some trucks too hey excuse me what ipa do you have on tap next we're gonna head on the other side of nashville uh down by the river in an industrial part of town that also happens to be the most expensive place to live in nashville more expensive than the gulch uh germantown 
I would say. Yeah, I guess you're. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. At one point, this was USA Today's number four craft brewery in the country, uh, nestled in between one of the most expensive neighborhoods in Nashville, and seemingly in an endless row of industrial buildings sits Bearded Iris Brewery, uh, garnering multiple national awards and so many top ten lists. This brewery is actually located in an abandoned theater seat manufacturing warehouse. This sounds like a Stefan skit from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does. It's going to get even better. Um, you wouldn't know it from the humbleness of the owners and operators of Bearded Iris, but they certainly have something to be proud of. From childhood br- friends to home brewing to Sweetwater Brewing in Atlanta, Georgia, these guys were born for this. Here's another fun fact about Bearded Iris Brewery. This is one of, I think, one of our favorite beers collectively. Uh, we visit there all the time. They have an amazing uh, inside tap room with a distinct smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it smells like a brewery. Definitely smells like a brewery. Uh, you know, it, it's a great place to go prior to going to Sounds games when they come back uh, or just an escape from downtown. I I love it because it's like so low key and just like it seems like the couches came from like a thrift store. There's a pool table. There's a Nintendo 64 hooked up to an old school TV. Like you could go in there and play some Mario Kart. Well, it's hooked up to a projector and projected on the wall, so oh, it's that's like right. five that's right. times as big. That's right. Um, it is pretty cool. All the people there are very nice. Um, they make you know, they make so many innovative type beers, but most of them are IPA. That's kind of where they got their start. Again, one of the two people who started Bearded Irish Brewery used to work for Sweetwater Brewing in Atlanta, which was, you know, it's become a big mainstream IPA as of late. Man, um, in addition to their IPA, though, they have a Pilsner called Pep Talk that is pretty on point if you're into Pilsners. I think this was the first beer I treated myself to after we had beer. Yeah, I think you're right. For some reason, we just went on a bearded iris kick, and we're just getting like all their IPAs and double IPAs, and not and I'll the, tell you not what. that we were throwing down crazy, but well, it felt like I was because when you're sober for nine months, yeah, one one bearded iris hits. one bearded iris will make you question breastfeeding. They do have a lot of uh, high uh, double dry hot or no, sorry, double IPAs. Do they have a triple IPA? They have a triple home style. Well, they've done a couple triples, but every once in a while they'll have a triple home style, which we're just getting ready to try the regular home style, right? Yeah. So um, what we do for the IPA challenge today, so to speak, is we're going to go with the classic thing that they got their name from. Or not their name, but they kind of grew their brewery around, which is their homestyle IPA. It's one of the first beers that they did brew. Uh, now you can find it in most liquor stores around Nashville, even grocery stores. Yeah. Um, it is yeah. becoming big. They're distributing in a, uh, multiple states. Again, uh, when I was talking about this, I said they at one point were USA Today's number four craft brewery in the country, which is a massive uh, award to garner. Um and Dana said it, it kind of sounds like a Stefan story about they did find this property in Germantown and it did not have a roof on it. So it was just four walls and a sky. And uh, apparently the story goes, they went into this building and they saw some theater seats, like old movie theaters, like 50s and 60s movie theaters in the corner. And they did some genealogy search on the building. And it turns out that it was one of the only two movie theater manufacturing seat companies in the country um, wow. that's set right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Is that where they got those couches? 
<laughs> I don't no. know. They might have still been in there. Um, but the funny thing, and most of you, uh, if you do know about Bearded Irish Brewery, you know that they come out with new IPAs and uh, new uh, names, and they're they're pretty creative on their names. So aren't all their names based on different uh, variations of iris? Because there's so many different uh, like species, or is it species, or what is it when you're talking about plants? Strains? Types of flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Types of flowers. That's a good way to put it. What they do apparently is they have a book of irises, and this has about you know four thousand different strains. So right. when other breweries have to get creative and name their IPAs and try to name them like or walk the lime or you know things that have to do with Nashville, Beard Iris takes the easy route and they just open this book and drop a finger, um, and that is the name of their next you know. You think they do it randomly? I I don't know. Um, I've I've never gotten that in depth in it, but I, I would yeah. like to think so that they just open the page, flip through it, and drop a finger. Oh, see, I would like to think they put some thought into it. So, what are you guys getting on? I give it a ten. Yeah, I love Homestyle. I love all the bearded Irish beers. Like, huge fan of all of it. Huge fan of their tap room. It's the best. I just wish it was a little less expensive. <laughs> sure, uh, but not- you don't need that much of it. Not the most expensive on our list, but it is pretty expensive. I, I think it's good. I think I, I've drank so much of it that, you know, I'm used to it now, but I could see it's kind of giving me my mouth this dry feeling. Um, yeah. And then on the back end, it's, it's giving my tongue just a tad bit of dryness. On the back end, it, it lingers with this kind of tart type back end of it. So mm. I don't get that at all, but maybe it's because I have a... A sophisticated woman palette. <laughs> yeah, better than ours. I don't get tart either. I do sometimes. I don't get it on this one, but sometimes when I get it on tap, I'll have. There's almost like a tinge of metallic taste or something, which is like I get that. I can. I, I and, see that right now. And I think it's. It has something to do with the unfiltered process or something. I don't know. I'm not for sure because I've had. I love homestyle, but I've had some bad home styles around town sure uh they are and they are creative they do barrel aged certain beers uh they've come out with some barrel aged stouts they uh the barrels all are from you know reputable distilleries in kentucky like uh, buffalo trace um i think they have some wild turkey barrels and stuff like that so um, they are doing creative things with that and not just IPAs. Uh, some people aren't into IPAs, but they do, like Juicebox said, have Pep Talk, which is a Pilsner. They've got uh, some stouts. They've got some other stuff on tap. Check out their Instagram for sure, too, because they got some, uh, they're creative with their posts over there. All right. So next up, we're going to Southern Grist. I Feels this, like we're going home. Yeah. I feel like this one is really close to all of our hearts. Let me tell you all this. I don't think Bucky knows how to pour beer. Yeah, it's there is a lot ahead on that beer. Have you ever tried to pour beer while talking on a mic in a podcast room? Well, you you weren't talking right there, and you were pouring it poorly. <laughs> like it's like a sixteen year old's first beer pour. It's a California pour. It's still gonna taste the same. Uh, once I, that head does down, we have to give down. it three minutes to boil down. <laughs> Uh, like Juicebox said, uh, up next is one of our favorite former neighborhood breweries. We say former because we have all clearly, if you're a listenership to this podcast, you know that we have moved to Madison, but we were formerly in East Nashville for quite many years. During our time there, this little building off Porter Road uh, changed a few times. 
It was a makeshift type grocery store. When we first moved here, it was still like a convenience store. And I think somebody got shot out in front of it or something, and then it closed down. And then that's when it was the grocery store slash seafood joint or yep. whatever, or like a uh, fresh seafood place. Fresh seafood, that's And I want right. to say prior to prior to that, it, it was, was Porter Road Butcher. Butcher Shop, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it changed over many times we never understood because some of those places have gone on to do good things like Porter Road Butcher. Um, but inhabited... Also, we were busy hanging out in the back at France. We were. Uh, right. We paid right no attention to what was in front of the, France. Well, because it was nothing good for the longest time or nothing you really cared about. And it wasn't open at one in the morning. Yeah. You're right. It was closed. It wasn't the railroad tracks and uh, Trina didn't work there. So that's all that mattered to me. Um, but anyway, uh, again, when we lived in East Nashville, this was a newly developed brewery called Southern Grist. We had no idea what it was. I don't know about you guys, but when I saw that it was like a brewery was going in there, I was like excited. But at the same time, I was like, they're fucked. Like nothing could, <laughs> nothing, su- it nothing, like nothing could survive there. Yeah. Yeah, this is the place that kills businesses. Right. Um, Or this is where businesses go to die. (laughs) Right. I completely agree. But uh, on the contrary, uh, this brewery was started by three guys in the corporate world, each bringing their own skill to the table. Um, In fact, we can go even further than that. If you look downtown in the Nashville skyline and look up, you'll see a building on the side that reads Service Source. Yep. Um, they are one of the leading national companies in inside sales. And these three guys met at Service Source. Right. They got in like kind of on the ground floor from what I understand about it, right? Like They did. They were one of the early people into the company. Uh, apparently, they grew with it and ended up hating it. Um, I, I think at some point that and combined with all three of their different skills and home brewing, uh, I think the story goes that what I read was, you know, one of them walked into the other one's office one day, quietly shut the door and said, if I have to do this any longer, I'm going to hang myself. Why don't we start a brewery? Yeah. I mean, cause the corporate world, if you're not in the right job, it can be a real drag, you know, as we all endure some of that on a daily basis. I right. Would say. Right. But I mean, service source, that's way more like cutthroat type business too. I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. you're constantly trying to get sales and get numbers. It's like some low down version. It's a, some poor man's version of Wolf of Wall Street or something. <laughs> it could be true. Um, so this, uh, idea was conceived in 2014. Uh, I think they opened officially in 2016, uh, or 20 is 2015. They just, they just passed their what fourth anniversary party. Yeah. 2016, I think is when they opened. Yeah. So, uh, again, this could be the fastest rising favorite among locals in Nashville. You know, since 2016, they've expanded to two locations and consistently collaborate with other breweries across the country to create incredible innovations in beer that are released on a limited and almost weekly basis. Yeah. Um, they, if you follow their Instagram, they are coming out with something new Every single weekend. And the shit is in demand. Like, people are lining up to get it every weekend. I they, mean, I guess not so much now with uh, COVID, but... Uh, yeah, sold in four packs, growlers and crowlers. Um, they, you're right. They constantly have people lining up, taking boxes of four packs away. I mean, I think the beauty of it is, like, they started so small scale, so they could constantly have so many different types of beer, like, on tap. But it was just always, like, changing, like, every, you know... 
every week. You didn't know if you would be able to go and get the same beer that you got the last week, but it didn't matter. There was going to be some awesome new beer to try. Sure. And they were uh, pretty across the board on a lot of it. And they were super ahead of the, like, I don't know if ahead of the curve, but like with their kettle sours, like that is like, no one else was doing that, I don't feel like. And that opened the door to sour beer to like so many people. Sure. And the people who don't necessarily like the barrel aged sours and the things with a lot of, you know, fermentation, like the, the back end, uh, what is it? The stuff that sits in there and swishes around it comes from the barrels yeah i don't know uh, i can't i don't know the name of it again we're now four beers in so i'm starting to lose <laughs> a few things so i apologize southern grist but you do your kettle sours your stouts uh they constantly have you know everything from like pilsners to belgian style ales to apias to pale ales to they literally have a beer for almost anybody like whatever your palate is you there's you can probably find something there that you'll like I just want to say, too, like, I love that when we were, I mean, it, they've gotten bigger now, but when we first started going in there, I mean, it was just Kevin, Jamie, and um, Jared, Jared, like, them three working with them, like, maybe one other person. So it was like, you got to know them on, like, a first name basis, and, like, I don't know. I, I, I feel connect a connection with that place, and yeah. I always will. Kevin, Jamie, and Jared are the three that started it from Service Source, and uh, still, occasionally, when you're in one of their tap rooms, you might see them. Uh, behind the bar, Jared's always been kind of the head of production as far as the brewing goes. Right. Uh, I think that Jamie's the numbers guy, and uh, Kevin is kind of like the GM CEO type of the of the three. Right. Um, so they they've built a good relationship, and uh, again, just like we were saying on the many beers that they release and create. Uh, today we are trying their famed mixed greens, which was I think one of their very first IPAs ever. Yeah. Uh, I talked to the guy today. He said, "Do you want the number forty-seven or number forty-eight? So they are on their forty-eighth batch of mixed greens beer in the four years that they've they've been brewing. Bucky sent me this article from Forbes about Southern Grist that I hadn't read before, um, and I pulled a quote from it that it's um, that. If they could serve, they figured it out. They put crunch the numbers. If they could serve twelve thousand two hundred beers in their first year, Kevin would be able to quit his corporate job and mm-hmm. like come and work for them full time. Six months into opening, they'd served one hundred thousand beers. Insane, right? That, That's incredible. Yeah, that is insane. I mean, it just blew up for them, so which we, is awesome. I mean, but they had a great product. You know, it wasn't like a gimmick. Like they were making solid beers, and they've been able to make them consistently, which is the big part of it. They also have a great tap room. I think both of their locations are laid back and fun and easy you know you can walk in you also know you can have conversations with whoever is pouring the beer they'll talk to you about what you like what you don't like help you find something it's very uh laid back and super family friendly which at this stage in our lives is totally our kid threw up in there for the first time the first time he ever threw up like (laughs) not spit up like being sick threw up it was that was that was the first place that we took our uh we took Levon, our three-year-old, after he was born. Like, that was the one, we're going to take him finally out in public. I think it was less than that six-week mark. I mean, I think I was itching. Like, four weeks out, we were like, let's just take him, set him on the bar, you see just what waited, happens. You <laughs> set him on the bar. <laughs> yeah. You just went over like, hey, no one cough on my baby hasn't had shots yet. Yeah. I wish they had a better outdoor space. That's my only request, Southern Grist. You don't like their parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I've, my, my child's broken a glass out there, and they were very kind about cleaning it up. But 
Um, so the mix greens was good. Um, again, yeah, solid. It, it, it's but, always solid. But I recommend if you haven't, I mean, I don't know who's listening, but if you haven't tried it, try some of their sours. Yep. Uh, all of their beers are extremely good. And while we continue to be on their jocks today uh, during this podcast, I would be remiss to mention the fact that the only downfall or bad side of Southern Grist that I have, and I, I hate to say this on air, if you guys are listening, I apologize. It gets a little expensive at times. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I think the price has raised over the years. Maybe it has become because of demand. But uh, I walked out today and a four-pack was $21. Um, that, it, to me, is a little bit expensive. Yeah, and, that I, usually it's 18 for a four-pack. Uh, so today it was $21. And uh, the only other issue I have on that, and I have to touch on it because now we're drinking, and let's be honest, that's what uh, opens up the ideas in my brain, um, is the fact that when you look at one of those... Um, iPads when you were checking out and you were buying a four pack for $21 yeah. uh, don't display the 18 20 and 22 percent tip or gratuity right there in front of me because when I'm buying a four four total beers I mean they're tall beers but they're four beers for $21 I don't really feel the need to tip you an additional eight dollars I yeah to no, walk away with those beers I hear what you're saying but I mean, that's not totally on them. That's the people that design the thing, like the that design the iPad checkout system. Like they just the didn't square. Se- yeah, they just didn't set it up to like have a different thing. Like that's not on them. You can just hit no tip for something like that. You could, but you feel like a dick. No, um, not or on just going could, in and not buying on retail. A four, yeah, not going in and buying a four pack. I mean, even if like tip a buck or something, if you're like really feeling generous. But come, let's be real here. So that is for the uh, the layman will never understand that is because uh, you have to hit custom and then you have to do you have to type like you know the exact amount and you have to hit enter. It's the same when I go to the Titan Stadium and I'm buying an eleven dollar beer and that same thing pops up. The p the 15 people behind me are pissed because it's taking me time to go custom tip one dollar enter like and then sign my name yeah um i I think everything when you're taking it away it should be a dollar per takeaway uh four pack or beer uh when you're there i agree tip the people who turned around and poured your beer yeah no yeah i'm not advocating against not tipping i'm just saying on a carry out when you walk in and buy a four pack you don't need to tip 18 percent sure I agree. All right. So uh, finally on our brewery episode today, we are going to end with the beginning. Uh, We are going to start in the Marathon Motor Works factory building. I bet you guys didn't know that. Then we're going to move over to the Gulch and then finally settle in our beautiful home off of the river in Madison, Tennessee. Of course, we are talking about Yazoo Brewing (sighs) Company. I just drink more of that hippies and... Uh, <laughs> Tastes not, like hippies. It's not good. <laughs> good, because I've got something for you. Um, that is our Yazoo Brewery. It's seemingly the oldest and most well-known brewery in Nashville. Uh, again, uh, formerly located in a couple of different neighborhoods around the city. Uh, it's settled up here in Madison where we live, yes, within a mile or two. We have a mega powerhouse in Nashville beer at our disposal. Um, they While... 
they mass produce beers, uh, and they have for quite a while. Uh, things like the Hot Perfect IPA, uh, actually Yazoo Pale Ale is a big one. Gerst, Dos, Dos Peros, the Dos Peros. Uh, these are things that you're probably going to find at local weddings that you go to. Um, you're going to find on every tap around the city. You'll find in every grocery store, gas station. Uh, Yazoo definitely has his imprint on Nashville. Um, and with that said, they, they've again moved a couple of different locations. This place that they have built in Madison is immaculate. Yeah, it, it is an amazing spot. It's got a huge tap room. It's got a really great, um, patio area, huge open. It's been a blessing in this, um, post quarantine. <laughs> it's been a blessing in this post quarantine. I'm uh, multitasking post-quarantine life because you can go there and seriously like you know sit everybody's wearing a mask if they're inside you go outside on the patio no one's really close to you you can have a beer or two i went there on saturday night and it was i mean i wouldn't say it was crowded just it was quarantine crowded but there was plenty of space everyone was super spaced out wearing masks you felt very safe and uh we were asked to leave because we closed down the joint. We were there. They were sweeping and said, it's time to go. So, okay. So you closed down a place after quarantine. I did. Nice. Check I that, have, still haven't done that. Check that off the bucket list. Yeah, me neither. There you go. Um, all right. Today from Yazoo Brewery, we are going to taste their Hot Perfect. Hey, excuse me. What IPA do you have on tap? Well, they have a few, um, uh, especially some... <clears throat> Session IPAs. I think right now they have the Cala IPA. That's my favorite. That is my summer beer. Um, we want to go with the Hot Perfect, which you can find again in any grocery store and any uh, convenience store around the city. I'm not a huge fan of the Hot Perfect. Mm. I like it okay, but I think that they have. I think I think the Cala IPA is better. They had the uh, the Hoppery IPA for a little while there. That was um, yep better than this. It, and I mean that was more of like an unfiltered style, like the. Uh, Mixed greens or uh, home style, but this is a more clean, crisp IPA. See, I think because I am a lighter IPA drinker that I do enjoy this. Um, I buy this, again, every other week. I'm not the biggest fan of a Yazoo Pale Ale, which is a staple for Yazoo and has been around for a very long time. I will drink that if it's available. Yeah, I loved Yazoo Pale Ale when I first moved here. It was like something, it was a treat, you know, because I had never had it before I moved to Nashville and it was amazing. But then it gets kind of... Yeah, you get over it. Yeah. You do kind of get move over on. it over the time. I think uh, Hot Perfect is something that, you know, if... If it is at a, an event where I'm at, I will say yes if it's free. Uh, and then I'll buy it every other week. Yeah, this is not my favorite either. And to your point, Juicebox, when we moved here, I think Dos Peros was my go-to for a long time. Dos, yeah, Dos Peros is solid. Um, before we jump off Yazoo, I want to also talk about the uh, their Embrace the Funk, their sour beers. Absolutely. Like, they were like a pioneer on that. I feel like, you know, they've been doing sour beers for a long time and they've slowly caught on or I guess they slowly caught on. I don't know. They, but they had, you know, we went to one of their first uh, Embrace the Funk festivals and, you know, there was a decent amount of people there. And now it sells out in like 24 Minutes. hours or something like that. I think you have to have a membership to Embrace the Funk to get into their festival now, oh, which wow. again, uh, that was one of the coolest things beer related that i've ever attended in in all of nashville agreed because i was like you know like i said i'm kind of dumb when it comes to 
beer. I don't know what's valuable. I don't know a lot. Of, I don't know a lot about beer. I know what I like. But there were people like cracking just like rare bottles like all over this festival and just pouring it for anybody that was like standing around. It was insane. Like I drank a beer that was from like 2005 or something like that. No, know? yeah. And, and I think they had like an original Zima. Like that was a joke <laughs> yeah. that year. Um, yeah. And they were kind of pouring that up. People just stick their cups up and the guy's standing off the back of a truck. Like he's got like meat or drugs or presents for right. kids. I and mean, you're just trying to get a splash of some super rare beer <laughs> that you don't even know what it is. That like, is. And if I'm not mistaken, was that year, was that the year that you had to go to the Yazoo Brewery, get on a shuttle because they wouldn't tell you where it was? Yes. Turns out, it was in their barrel warehouse where they st- like barrel aged these sour beers, which if I'm not mistaken, was off like Nolensville Road or Thompson Lane or it was something like that. You know, I don't really remember because we took a bus there and then things got super hazy after that. <laughs> don't how remember many how I- did you have <laughs> like 13. <laughs> yeah. Don't remember how we got home, but uh, the Embrace the Funk series has been around for quite a while. In fact, if you are into barrel aged sours, like the types of things that you would get out of Asheville, North Carolina, like the Wicked Weed beers and things like that. I think Brace of Funk has surpassed that. Yeah. Um, I think they make bombers that are incredible. I still have a few at my house from years and years and years ago that I still haven't opened. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, one day when I'm celebrating something, I'll open that. Well, they're immediately better because they haven't sold out yet. Fair enough. All right, now we're going to get to the portion of the show where we are going to rank the five beers as well as their five tap rooms. I hope all five breweries are listening right now. This is where it comes down to it. If you have survived everything that we have done in this podcast so far, uh, we thank you, and this is what you've all been waiting for. Juicebox, get us kicked off with your five favorite beers. We're going to go five, four, three, two, one, one being the best, five being the worst. What do you got? Okay, I'm not going to dilly-dally around. Just uh, Tennessee Brew Works is number five. I was not digging that Hippies and Cowboys IPA. Uh, Tailgate, number four, it was all right, but it wasn't great. Uh, Number three, I'll go Hop uh, Perfect, because I do like that beer, but I think Yazoo has better IPAs. Uh, Number two, Mixed Greens. Number one, Bearded Iris Homestyle, because Bearded Iris makes the best beers in town, in my opinion. All right, Dana, what you got on beer? All right, number five, uh, I hate to say this aloud, but Yazoo was my least favorite. Mm. Uh, Then the Tailgate Southeast IPA. Then Tennessee Brew Works, uh, Hippies and Who's. Hippies and what? Cowboys. Hippies and Cowboys. Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah. No, this defines Nashville. (laughs) Hippies and Cowboys. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And then, okay, I have a total tie with um, Southern Grist and Bearded Iris. Like, I don't know how to choose between the two. It feels like choosing the child you love more. Yeah. Um, Like, on both of them, actually, I I wrote nine, thinking that I would choose a 10 over the other, and then I crossed them out and wrote tens, because I so they're tied. Yeah, so that's mine. Okay, fair enough. All right, mine is probably going to be a little bit different. I am um, going solely off taste what I like to consume, which is what we all should do. Number five, Tailgate Brewery. Man, that aftertaste kind of set with me. I didn't really appreciate it. I right. love what you're doing. I love the idea, uh, not necessarily the beer. Um, number four for me is bearded iris. Um, I think I've consumed way too much of it. I still love some of the things they're doing. I love like the hotline, uh, a lot. Uh, I love a couple of other things like these 
collaborations are making or the, the new innovations are making, I, I will always try it. Three, Yazoo, um, just because you've been around. I've been drinking for a long time. Number two, Southern Grist. It was fun for me. Uh, it's always been fun. I will always go there. I love those guys. I love the things that they make. I thought we were talking make. about the beer. We are. Um, <laughs> I'm talking through the beer okay, right okay, now. Okay, okay, uh, And number one for me is... Tennessee Brew Works, on a surprise, the Hippies and Cowboys. You're in it for the name. I'm not. You're in it for the name. You're drinking that name. I love uh, Hippies and Cowboys, and I will take that any day over the rest of these beers uh, if I am drinking. There's a difference between drinking and having a beer. For sure. If I'm drinking, I'm drinking Hippies and Cowboys. Okay, but you can have a beer with uh, Southern Grist or Bearded Iris and have the exact same effect as drinking. But you can't have six. That's what I'm saying. You only need one. So uh, those are my rankings. Five Tailgate, four Bearded Iris, three Yazoo, two Southern Grist, and number one is Tennessee Brew Works for me. Yeah, we got it. A little bit different. <laughs> now let's rank the tap rooms um, because atmosphere is a lot when you go to a brewery here in Nashville. We'll start this one with Dana. All right. So uh, I have Tailgate as number five simply because I've never been to any of their locations. I wasn't invited with my husband, <laughs> <makes> apparently. <laughs> um, four, I actually have Bearded Iris. I do love... Bearded Iris's tap room. Um, it kind of feels like a like a college basement, uh, <laughs> okay. but I'm into it. Uh, number three is uh, Tennessee Brew Works. Uh, I like that it's downtown. I like that it's more open. They also have a really good menu. I think of um, farm to table. Yeah, I'm they, glad you touched on that. They do have good food. Um, Southern. Uh, then number two is Southern Grist. I love it. And um, number one is, of course, the Madtown fave, Yazoo. All right. Juicebox, what do you got? Uh, pretty much the same as Dana. Uh, tailgate is all right. Um, but I, ha- I haven't been to the Walmart version or whatever. <laughs> is that one still open? <laughs> it is still open off Charlotte Pike. Um, I feel the same way about Bearded Iris. I like, I like Bearded Iris Tap Room a lot. Uh, it's not super family friendly. I mean, we've taken our kid yeah. there. We went there with some of our friends who had like a three-year-old one time, and the kid just like took off. Like a rope was not holding him back from the brewery area, so this kid just took off and was like running back in the brewery equipment. Two was Southern Grist. One, obviously, Yazoo. You missed a three, I feel. Oh, yeah. Tennessee Brew Works is, yeah. I don't know. Tennessee Brew Works might be better than Southern Grist, actually, as far as their tap room goes. After I started talking it through, I, I think I'm with you there. Yeah, we just have a special bond to Southern Grist, so that's why it seems better. It hurts your heart to give them anything but a one. It does. I'm going to go tailgate number five again. They've got three properties. It's great. I've been to two. It's just sterile. Um, Number four, I'm going Bearded Iris. It is cool. A lot of people have an issue with the smell. Uh, They do have great artwork on the wall, but I I do love it. I love the... uh, Nintendo 64 that Juicebox touched on earlier. Number three, I'm going to go Tennessee Brew Works, uh, just because of the live music aspect, the fact that you can see the brewery while drinking. And then number two, you only get this Southern Grist because we are loyal and we've been going there since the beginning. And again, the talkability, the fact that I took my kid there, the fact that I've been there before and after many great events. Uh, Number one, 
Yazoo, you win. Um, you have built a great place here in Madison, Tennessee. Anybody out there that's listening, if you have not visited the new Yazoo in Madison, you really are missing out. Even today's time of during COVID and the election and uh, everything else that's going on in our world. Uh, yeah, it's it's time for you to come on out to Madison. And we're get doing some beer. A, we're doing a lot of great things out here. Get some beer, uh, enjoy yourself. But uh, we really had an amazing time. Hey, excuse me. What IPA do you have on tap? Tasting some IPAs today. Uh, we really appreciate Dana for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure to have her on uh, again. And always, wherever you are listening to us today, feel free to take 30 seconds to like us, rate us, do whatever. We're on socials at Raising Nashville Podcast. We're back here every single Monday. We've got some really special things coming your way over the next couple weeks. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, so stay tuned. Stay relevant. Stay sober. Stay relevant? Stay sober? Where where is this going? (laughs) Where's this the, is the this says is, the guy who drinks twelve founders a night. <laughs> this is what happens when drinking's involved in our podcast. Thank you so much for listening to us. We will see you guys next and every week. Shotty came through sipping IPAs like oh, I didn't know it was that time of day, and I wasn't trying to party, but it's much too late. Like fuck it, I'ma grab one too. She pulled up sipping IPAs, that's the way she Shawty was like Shawty came through sipping IPAs Like, 